Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. All right, you may be seated, everybody. So good to see you. I'm glad to be back here. We got a chance to see each other. Um, If you weren't here previously, we we got a chance to see one another before the pandemic hit. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm happy to be back here afterwards and see that our Savior's Church is alive and strong and going well here on the Broussard campus. Praise God. That is awesome. The devil thought that somehow a pandemic was going to stop the church. I just don't understand that because persecution didn't stop the church. The black plague didn't stop the church. You know what I mean? All types of unrest and division around the world has not stopped the church. The church has continued to go on and on and on. It can never be stopped. In fact, the church is what will consume this planet when Jesus returns. It'll only be people who belong to the church. Praise God for that. Isn't that awesome? Well, I tell you what, Pastor Gabe, I'm so happy to be here with you and this, uh, one, these wonderful uh, individuals who are part of your staff, had a chance to be with them today. Aren't you guys just so privileged and glad and thankful that you have Pastor Gabe and this team leading this church? I know for me, I am uh, just wonderful group of people. I honestly came in today and I had a word for the staff. God gave me a word and I, I, just, I just thought, you know, like I, I don't know what I could say to these people. They have stood the test. Uh, they have been unshakable during this pandemic. They have continued to love on you, to pray for you, to do their best to serve your children, the youth, and everyone else. And I just thought, what can I say to people who have stood during this time? Um, And I think, I hope they all feel that God has said, well done, well done, good and faithful servants during this time. Well, Pastor Gabe, I tell you what, you could have just been honest with everybody about the fact that the reason why we didn't have a chance to hear or uh, rather I didn't have a chance to hear from you about any of them is because we were just talking about food. I mean, just, (laughs) he introduced me today to something called boudin, right? Boudin. And uh, I I have to tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm just, I'm just letting you know. So I'm sorry, we did not have a chance to talk about you. We talked about boudin and some King Donuts is what we talked about, you know. Meshes. That's what we talked about today. So, anyway, we can think more about that, but just get, lend me your ears and attention. So I know you might be getting hungry or whatever, but let, let, let's be hungry for the Word of God. How many of you know the Word of God can feed you beyond what anything in the natural can feed you? So I believe God's going to speak, and, and he's, he's got a word for you today. Let me, let me kind of set this up by telling you how I arrived at this particular word from the Lord for, for this congregation, for you and those of, of, of you who are part of the body of Christ who are visiting here. So 
Um, probably about, I would say about six months or so ago, uh, my team, we were, we were tasked with this, as a pastor, I'm, I lead a, a staff and, and I have a leadership team as well. And, and we were tasked with figuring out what our goal was going to be for the next uh, three to six months. And so as we're, as we're thinking and praying about this, uh, we, we had just come out of a particular goal that said we need to build a road back to the church because so many people due to the pandemic decided that they did not want to come back yet in person. So we said, we need to build a road back where we're, we're using our gifts. We're engaging again. We're, we're, we're all, you know, kind of going together in this particular mission. So we need to build this road back. And then something happened to me as we were praying and thinking about this, God spoke clearly to me. He said, Reggie, it's not back. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're not building a road back. It's not going to be the same thing. What we're doing is we are going to go on a road that we've never been before. I want to show you something here in Joshua chapter 3. This is where the Israelites have just spent 40 years in the desert in a journey that was supposed to only last 11 days. 40 days max if you have to establish the the Levitical laws and you have to learn how to build the temple and all these different things. But 40 years, not 40 years. But they finally get to this point where God is getting ready to fulfill his promise in their lives. Now we know that the first, this generation, the reason why they didn't enter into the promised land in those 11 days or in the 40 days is because they had fear in their hearts. Their fear kept them from entering in because they didn't trust God. But this group of of individuals, this new generation said, God, we're going to trust you. We're going to rise up and do what you called us to do. We're not going to get stuck wondering, wondering around. We're actually going to do what? Move forward. So here's what it says in Joshua 3, 4, as they find themselves in front of the Jordan River. There's something I'm going to talk a little bit about that's interesting about the timing of this. But it says in 3, 4, that yet there shall be a distance between you and it about 2,000 cubits in length, speaking of the Ark of the Covenant. This Ark that they were carrying that was symbolic of the throne of God, the presence of God. And he says, do not come near it. Some people in the Bible came near it and they learned that was a bad idea. So it's like, do not come near this. This is speaking to the holiness of God. But then it says, in order that you may know the way you shall go. There needs to be a little bit of distance so you can see where God's going. And it says, for you have not passed this way before. I want to title this message, This Way 
forward. What is this way forward all about? God has called us as a body of Christ. God has called you, this church, this campus, to move forward. So many people are trying to get back. But God's saying, it's not back, it's forward. This is so important for us to understand because if we try to go back, we, we will get stuck. If we try to think, well, I just want, if I can just get to the place where the way things were before and all of that. Listen, let me give y'all a secret. The enemy, the devil tries to make our past look better than what it really was. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I just remember the good old times when I had that little baby and I kissed the baby and the baby did everything I said and it was just amazing. But you know goodness well, you were up every hour and a half. You know what I mean? You were praying to dear Jesus to rescue you and to give you some sleep. Because you didn't know if you ever have a moment again where you could get sleep all the way through the night. You had dirty diapers to change, things. You tried to get nice clothes, but they were spit up on you. There was all this stuff. And he says, oh, what a glorious time. If I could just get back. We need to say, no, devil. This is my time right now. This is the time where God's called me to move forward. Yes, I cherish what happened in the past. I love those memories. I have pictures and all of that. But man, I'm not going to be living in the past. I'm going to go where God's going. I want to move forward. See, there's, there's four things I believe in this scripture in Joshua chapter three that we can be encouraged by related to the Israelites. The first thing I want to mention is in the very next verse, it's consecration. Let me just say this. Before there's conquest, there's always consecration. You've got to be consecrated. And Joshua, right here in 3 verse 5, he says, the Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Listen to this. God is going to do miraculous things. As you move forward, tomorrow, where tomorrow is, it's what's forward. It's what's coming. It's the future. So God's saying, I'm going to do incredible things through you and in you and around you. And it's going to be amazing. So as you're moving forward to tomorrow, make sure you consecrate yourselves. See, first of all, let's just talk about this. Tomorrow's bright for you. I came to tell you today that tomorrow's gonna be filled with wonders. What does that mean? Wonders are things that you wonder about. Not that make you wander off, but things that you wonder about. And you say, how did this happen? I'm telling you, God is getting ready to move and open up doors in this church. He's going to do things that you didn't think were possible. He's going to be touching some of your children. I just really sense that you have said, man, will they be able to get through school? Will they be able to do this right? God is going to come by his spirit 
and touch them and give them something more than education. He's going to give them a revelation. Praise God of who he is. God is coming by his spirit to do wonders. Wonders. So he says, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. The road forward is, 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 is filled with consecration. What does that mean? It means devotion to God. It means where you say, I am going to remove things from my life so that I can focus on God and where he is taking me. There are some things, folk, we, God's been impressing on us that, that we need to shift. Listen, some of the smallest shifts can affect the course that you're on. You know, if, if you just, if you have a ball that's rolling and, and all of a sudden there's a slight hit to the ball, it can end up all the way over there. On the flip side of it, if you obey God in this hour, what he's telling you to shift so that you can focus more on him, it can lead to a greater place of fulfillment, purpose, and wonder that he just said in this text. Believe God's speaking this to you. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. I remember God would just, he would tell me things like, Reggie, you can't get away with little things like littering. You can't just drop your trash anywhere. I said, why, Lord? It's happening all over the place. He said, because, because I've called you to be a steward over this planet. And it starts with where you are now. If you're gonna be a son of God that's gonna rise up and reign and rule in this life through Christ Jesus, you need to take care of the planet I've given you. I was like, God, oh man, I gotta clean up after myself all the time. Now listen, y'all laughing, but my parents would really be laughing. They look at my room growing up and they would be like, what is going on here? They think it's a miracle every time they come to my house now. How is it so clean? I'll be honest with you, with my two youngest, I wonder the same thing. But here's the thing. It's because God has shaped me and he's saying, Reggie, you need to consecrate yourself to, to me and do the things that I'm asking you to do in the secret place, in the quiet place, when nobody's looking. Clean up, pick up the litter. Don't do this, don't look at that. Focus on me and what I'm saying. That's the road forward. It involves comp- consecration. Second thing it involves, it involves stepping forward. Stepping forward. Look at this. This is amazing in verse 8. They're getting ready to jo- go into the, across the Jordan River. He says, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Verse 15, now the Jordan is at flood stage. Let's just pause for a moment. Let's all acknowledge that crossing a river during flood stage is not the ideal time to cross a river. I, when I looked at this, I had to look this up. I said, let me, help me to understand this. Was it really dangerous? Is this like some little creek? 
And here's, here's what I learned about this. this. This river, when it was overflowing and it was in flood season, was, could be uh, over 100 feet long, 100 yards rather, uh, wide. And the drop-offs down in the river were normally three feet to 10 feet, anywhere between that. So if it was 10 feet or three feet, you know, even 10 feet, if you bounce, you can kind of bounce yourself back up, right? That was when it was not flood season. When it was flood season, the mountains of Hermon would start to melt the ice caps and would create this torrential flowing water that would cut deep grooves into the, 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 the riverbed and it would expand and it would get deep. It was dangerous. And in ancient times, they also had animals in the river like alligators. You guys understand that? They would have other things like that that were dangerous. And God says to them, I wanna do wonders I'm going to do a miracle crossing this river here. This is going to be amazing. But what you got to do is you got to step forward. Here's how I'll say it to you. Don't be afraid to step into the mess. You say, oh, it's a mess in our world. The pandemic, all the uncertainty. The various things that people are saying and believing and all of this, this is just so messy. And God says, yep, and I called you to step right in it. See, this was, this was, this was, this was important because see, previously, Joshua and Caleb and, and those who were young at the time when they crossed the, the Red Sea would have noticed that with Moses, God told him, he said, hey, you know, take your staff and why don't you take your staff and you put it into the water and then the water will part and then you guys can walk on dry ground. And folks, that's how God treats us before we're saved. But honestly, when we get saved and we've crossed through the Jordan, which is, or the Red Sea, which is a picture of baptism, crossing over the Jordans, a picture of being spirit-filled, having a spirit-filled life. When we, when we start to enter in this, God says, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to step into the mess first, and then I'm going to do a miracle. Because a miracle will come when the people of God are not afraid to step into the mess. God's called us to move forward, even in a time when it seems like, why God would I need to do this? It's flood stage. There's uncertainty. There's so many things happening around me. This doesn't seem like the time. And God says, it's the time. Because this is the time I can be most glorified when everyone else thinks it shouldn't happen. And God says, move forward, step forward. Step forward. We don't want to step back, but step forward. All throughout the Bible, God did this. He called people to step forward in flood-like seasons. I want to read a few of these. He did this for Joshua at this time. He did this for Deborah. You remember her? She was a, a prophetess. 
He compelled her to step up and lead during a time when the Israelites were being oppressed and God miraculously through a flood disabled the chariots of the enemy so that they could beat, throw off the oppression that they, that they were experiencing. He did it for Noah. He said, Noah, step forward, build the ark. In the time when he was being ridiculed, what are you building, Noah? But God was allowing him to build something that protected the people from the flood. God calls us to step forward, even in flood season. Here's another thing he he calls us to do as we're moving forward. He calls us to follow him. He said, follow the Lord. You say, well, that's common sense. Well, I'll just say this. In our time right now, in our day, we follow so many other things. We follow people on Instagram. We follow tabloids. We follow our favorite entertainers, our favorite artists, our favorite athletes. We follow, follow, follow people all the time. Perhaps we might be following other things. Maybe we're following a particular popular ideology. One of them that we hear thrown into our into Disney and Netflix and all these different things is be true to yourself. Follow your heart. You know, just express yourself. Man, when you know that, when you, when you follow your heart, you express yourself, you look within yourself, you'll know who you really are. Let me tell you something. The Bible already tells us who we are. We don't need to look into ourselves. He said, the Bible tells us that Without Jesus, we're wicked. We have sin on the inside and all that. And listen, I'll tell you this. You do you, man. Let me tell you something. God's never called us to express ourselves. You know what Jesus said? Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Die to yourself, and then you'll discover who you really are. You want to know how to know who you are? Die to yourself deny yourself take up the cross and you'll find the identity that God has for you see people been following these ideologies they've been following the world saying that life is all about money materialism what we can get they've been following the world who say the only way our society will change is is if we elect the right officials If you're a Christian, there's lots of political candidates, but there's only one king. One king. That's King Jesus, and we believe he is the answer for this world. Today, tomorrow, and every other time. We have to follow the Lord. It literally says in verse 14, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the Lord covenant went ahead of them. They followed the ark. And this is very practical. The ark of the covenant had three different things in Aaron's bud, which was the the miraculous power and fruitfulness of God. It had the 10 commandments, which is God's word. And it was like, it was, it was basically a throne, which was speaking of God's presence. So what does God say? If you're going to follow him, you need to read your Bible every day. Listen to your Bible every day. 
You need to get the word inside of you. You need to pray. You need to pursue the presence of God. And then you have the opportunity to follow him forward into where he's going. The last thing here is that we should expect a harvest. Praise God. I see some of you shaking your head. Go ahead and shake your head and get excited about this one. We should expect a harvest. You say, Rachel, where is that? Let me show you this. Verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. What does it say? All during harvest. Wait a minute. I thought you said it was flood stage. I thought you said it was the season of flooding. Is it the season of flooding or is it the season of harvest? Which one is it? Harvest or flooding? Both. Here's the thing. Whether it's the conditions of the flood that produced the harvest, maybe the overrunning of the water that's able to get into the tributaries that's producing the crop that's able to grow it while it's springtime. That's the reason why the ice caps were melting for Herman. And so all of a sudden the sun combined with the water is able to cause the, the, heart, the crops to grow up or simply this. It's just simply harvest season while it's flood season. Wherever it is, they can coexist. And in fact, I will tell you this, that when it's flood season, that's actually when God wants to bring the harvest. Because the conditions sociologically and spiritually of the flood, the uncertainty, the fear, the confusion, all of these different things are the things that produce the right soil and environment for the harvest to take place when we come and we bring hope, we bring faith, we bring clarity, we bring direction because we have the light of Jesus Christ shining in and through our lives. The harvest is the perfect time. During the flood, they coexist. I was thinking about this in 1945, I believe, General Douglas MacArthur called a bunch of people, the missionaries to Japan. He was at representing America, overseeing as the, right after the World War II, the, the, the sovereignty there um, in Japan. And he called for missionaries to come. Now he was trying to work Japan. He was talking to the emperor and he was into Shintoism and Buddhism and, and, the, and the emperor Shintoism, he's considered a god. So at least when General MacArthur finished, the, the emperor confessed, oh, you know what, I'm actually not a god. And so that's when Japan stopped believing that their, their, their leaders were gods. So that was good, that worked. But he said, missionaries, come. There's an opportunity. Yes, it's flood season. I know we just went through a war. There's just been loss. There's been grief. There's been all of these different things around the world. We're rebuilding. It doesn't seem like the right time, but it is the right time. So he said, missionaries, please come to Japan and preach the good news of Christ. And let's see this nation rise up and be who God called them to be. 
Unfortunately, missionaries in America didn't respond in that hour. Now in Japan, you have less than 1% Christian, 600,000 in a nation of 95 million. How different could it have been if we did not look at the flood and say, we can't cross over because of the flood. We can't move forward because of the flood. If we had stepped up and said, you know what? This is harvest because the flood and the harvest can coexist with one another. Lastly, I'm gonna wanna prophesy over some people here. Let's never forget that this is exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus became, when God became a man in Christ and came to the earth, he consecrated himself to the Father. He said, I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do. I belong to you, God. I'm gonna focus on you. And then not only did he consecrate, he stepped forward into the mess. What a messy world he stepped into, filled with sin, filled with people who didn't trust him, who would betray him, who rejected him, who did all of these different things against him. But yet he stepped forward. He followed the Lord wherever the Holy Spirit led him. I'm gonna go where you want me to go, Father. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I'm here to please you. I'm here to follow you forward. And the reason why he did it all is because he expected a harvest. Isaiah 53, it says, although he gave his life as a sin offering, God prolonged his days, which means he was resurrected. And as a result, there was offspring that arise. See, Isaiah 53 tells us that was the harvest. You know who the harvest was? You and me. My wretched self, my lying, cheating, stealing, perverted self was the harvest he was expecting when he continued to go the way that had never been gone before. I want us to take a moment to pray. I believe God is speaking to you right now. Maybe it was an issue of consecration. I wanna pray very quickly over this. If we could just close our eyes for a moment and let the Holy Spirit guide us speak to our hearts, empower us to be able to respond to this message. Say, I will consecrate. I will step forward. Let's just do this right now. If you're in here and you say, the consecration, devoting my life, removing things so that I can focus on God, that spoke to me tonight. I want you to raise your hand. The Holy Spirit's going to empower you to do it. All right, keep your hand raised. If you say that God is calling me to take a step of faith,
to step into mess. I have tried to avoid it, but God is calling me to do it. I want you to raise your hand right now over this place. And you say, I want to step forward. I want to step forward. Now, if it's you and you say, man, I've been following a lot. I've put my trust in other things. I have not followed the Lord as I should, but I want to follow him forward. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Anyone else like that? Everyone keep your hand raised. We're going to pray for all of you at one time. Now, some of you said, man, it's flood season. I can't engage the harvest at this time. I feel paralyzed to do so. The flood has been raging. Maybe it's a personal thing in my life. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's finances. That's you. I want you to raise your hand. You say, but I want to expect the harvest. I want to go forward with God and see a harvest. And I want to pray for all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see everyone's hands raised. Lord, these are your precious people. And I pray, oof, I sense you, Holy Spirit, right now moving. Oof, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying that you touch them. More than a touch, would you mark them? Would you brand them with your supernatural power for those that desire to consecrate themselves for your purposes, that they may see the wonders you have for them? Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for those who feel they need to step forward Oh, I'm asking that you would release the gift of faith and that anything that hinders their personal faith would be removed and that you would see them grow and strengthen in, on the inside and their trust in you. And Lord, I'm asking right now for every single person that said they've been following other things, they haven't followed you well, Lord, I'm asking right now that the ark that is not no longer but the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come now and strengthen them. And Lord, I pray for those that have felt paralyzed by the flood. They wonder, how can there be a harvest in my life with all of these things happening? Father, in Jesus' name, Lift their faith. Give them hope. You are the God of hope. Increase their expectations in this hour. And help us, Lord, to remember Jesus. That he's in this with us because he's gone through it before. May we take strength from him. And through his name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, love of God the Father. In Jesus' name.